Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here in this uh, episode 71 of the Fifth Estate Podcast. A um, couple of things I'm going to obviously rant about tonight, um, and I want to start it off by sort of letting know that, or, or making it known that so far in this um, faux election campaign or, or whatever it is that we're seeing at the moment, obviously because um, the writs haven't been issued and all that sort of good stuff. Um, I'm really disappointed in in the whole lot, especially the uh, uh, Liberal National Party and anyone on the uh, what would you say on the freedom side of things. Uh, I think that they're they're losing the plot. Um, there's so many things that they could be using as um, election issues and things that would be likely to get the population behind them or a, a good majority of the voters behind them, yet they're carrying on with, honestly, what I could call stupid shit. Um, the Liberal Democrats, as I, I've mentioned before, um, David Limbrick went to, you know, did his Facebook uh, stream, live stream, and he was talking about legalising cannabis. Um, we've got uh, the Freedom Party under Morgan Jonas talking about uh, having <laughs> what he calls self-defence classes or, or, you know, martial arts in school. And honestly, I'm trying to decide which one is the worst idea um, So th- for that one. But, you know, uh, it, it, I think it's showing that how politically uh, immature uh, these people are, and uh, it's really disappointing that that Limbrick has chosen has chosen the one that he did. Um, you can sort of, to a certain extent, um, excuse uh, Morgan Jonas for going through that one because he's still um, politically naive or politically immature, uh, doesn't know what the electorate wants. He's just saying things to get. Uh, get the media attention because, you know, any attention is good attention when it comes to the media in the lead-up to an election uh, for that one. Though, you know, it, it's the thing. No one in their right mind would support kids being taught martial arts in school. I mean, you, you think about it. First of all, there's the, the public liability problems there. Um, who's going to run it? Is there that many... Um, uh, martial arts teachers around to be able to, t- you know, go into every school and, and, and teach it in every school. Uh, what happens if the parents don't want their child learning that? Uh, from there, what happens if they're, you know, th- th- there's so many things going on. And I think the, the, the biggest problem with that one is that it's going to be um, empowering the uh, those children who... Uh, would likely to become uh, what they call bullies, uh, you know, taking control of the playground and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it, it's the thing, kids being kids, is that, okay, they go for their martial arts lesson, you know, whatever it is, and then lunchtime comes along, 
what do they do? They all go down to the oval and they'll all try out all these moves on each other. So then you're going to have injuries there because it's not a controlled environment. You're going to end up with, you know, potential lawsuits because, you know, little Johnny was down the, you know, doing something out in the oval or he's picked on by, um, you know, the, the, the thug, you know, Barry or, or George or whatever his name is and, you know, little junior you know, copped a severe injury because of it. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a well-thought-out thing. So, you know, and which gets me back onto what my original point was, was that they're not thinking about anything. They're just doing what they can to try and, um, you know, shore up a couple of votes. Instead of making it, let's make it a, you know, something, a divisive issue. So something that is likely to divide to divide the population and then the politicians have to come out and say whether they support this or not. And, for, you know, for this one, I'm going to talk about the uh, genital mut- the forced genital mutilation of children, um, Royal Children's Hospital. So, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, that the Royal Children's Hospital does it under their uh, gender, was it their gender affirming or gender something? Uh, hang on, let me find it gender service uh so i have mentioned it before so why not make this a a you know a government let's make this an election issue um sorry just reading reading what was there because i I might have something so okay so let's let's make this an issue do you support the forced genital mutilation of children or do you not? And it is forced because the parents are sending the children down there. Children cannot consent. So, you know, they can't, they're they're not um, emotionally or mentally mature enough to to consent and and to be fully informed of the consequences of these actions going on puberty blockers and 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 having you know things chopped off and and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, let's make it clear that these are parents sending their children for forced mutilation, and yet no one I haven't seen anyone in to date on any part, you know, any any uh, minor group or independent or anything like that talk about this. So you know, let's make it an issue. Either you support it or you don't. If you don't support it, that's fine. Which I totally, you know, I do not support this. But if you do support it, let's make it clear. You know, don't wrap it up in fluff words by gender affirming care and all that sort of crap. Let's call it what it is. You know, you're you're mutilating children and no one, none of, you know, the Liberal Party, mate, they could score so many votes if they just went with that one. This is what we're going to do. We're going to save the children. I mean, for Pete's sake, you know, Dan Andrews has locked us down for and, and had draconian measures that actually end tonight at midnight for the last two and a bit years. Is it two? Yeah, two years. And all to save people, to save lives, and and this bullshit. And yet, you know what? None of them are turning. No one's turning around saying, "Hey, let's have a discussion about this. Let's stop this barbaric practice until we can have a reasoned and mature and unideological discussion about this." Um, so, it, it, it it's something that needs to be done. Uh, it you know. Draw the line in the sand and say, yep, we don't support it. If you support it, well, we will call you every name under the sun. And this is what we should be doing. We should be naming and shaming these politicians that support this crap that's going on. And, 
you know, I, I can't think of any other word to describe it apart from evil. And this is this is what it is. Um, it's it, yeah, it, it is it is frustrating. I'm I'm so many things that I want to say about this, and it is something that gets me frustrated, gets me angry that no one's talking about it and it needs to be talked about because if we have another another four years of, of the, the labor regime doing it, how many children are they going to destroy over that period of time and how many children are they going to be there are going to be you know victims of this this warped ideology you know idolatry what is it what, whatever the hell it is you know it, some some warped fantasy about you know, People being able to to flip and flop and, and decide whatever it is and and you know someone's assigned something so no that's not the way it is so no I will assign myself something else. Um, it it has to stop. It has to stop, and it's time that uh, we started calling it out and just saying no. Let's wait until these children are adults until they're mature enough and they're able to make their own informed decision. And let's make it clear to these children that when they're going through this, it is not reversible. Whatever they've done, whether it's puberty blockers or surgery or whatever it is, none of that is reversible. And whatever doctor tells you that it is, is just lying to you. And we need to, you know, we need to make it clear. I mean, holy smoke. I mean, if doctors can get cancelled and... Um, you know, deplatformed and everything for telling the truth about you know the Wu flu and and these series of injections, which more and more stuff is coming to light. If they can get deplatformed for that, why can't we deplatform the doctors that are knowingly going in and mutilating children? And you know, it, it's the thing we need to turn around and say, no, enough is enough. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to see one political party or one one group, one independent, one something, get up there and say, no, enough's enough. This is, we're going to protect our children. We're going to stop this. We're going to, let's stop everything until we can have a genuine discussion on it that is based not on bullshit science and ideology and, and, and whatever crap that they're, they're, they're going through, you know, that they're reading for it. And just say, hey, this is it. We need to have genuine discussion about this, and and you know, genuinely protect our children. Um, so, yeah, it, it's as I said, it, it's disappointing that um, none of them are, are are talking about that, and no one's going to make you know any position on it. Now, reading that one, uh, there's an article in the Spectator today that is about, what's the title of it? Victoria's Talentless Politicians Forfeit Right to Govern. Now, this talks about, um, he's normally digging at, uh, obviously, the Labor Party and then having a a crack at the, um, um, the the weak Liberal Party. Now, there's two paragraphs that are, the the final two paragraphs that I want to read to you. Um... For far too many Victorians who lost their lives, their business and or their mental health well-being, 
Now, mental well-being during Daniel Andrews' comprehensively botched handling of COVID, there is actually no tomorrow. Andrews and his remaining acolytes can promise what they what they like. Voters don't buy it, and with luck, Andrews himself will lose his seat of Mulgrave, removing from office the most dangerous and repugnant premier the state has ever produced. In a sea of sad realities, the saddest is that Victorian politics has become a very ordinary game played by very ordinary people. Taxpayers and their children are the losers. They deserve better. Now, this is it. I'm I'm willing to point, I, I, I will say that you could probably count on on maybe one hand or even a couple of fingers, the genuine politicians, the members of Parliament in in Spring Street, who are actually doing it for the people. And uh, you know, I'm inclined to say that. You know what? I I even think that you know there's there's less than a handful. Um, I don't include. The Liberal Democrats in that I don't include. Um, what was it? Transport matters, obviously not, because he got him into bed with Andrews to to pass the pandemic. Animal Justice Party is a joke. Um, reason Party is no reason. Uh, there's no reason behind anything that they do. It's all about their um, evil agenda, uh, and there's no other way to describe it. Um, who are the other ones? Anyway, um, you know what? I, you know, it, it's it is interesting. I mean, who is a politician in Spring Street in either house that you can say has genuinely stood up and you know fought the good fight, regardless of, of the consequences, and you know didn't put um, you know party politics and, and party agendas and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I'm. Even looking at the the way that it is, I mean, you could say maybe there's one or two, um, but it, it, it's the thing. There's there's usually going to be something that lets them down, and you know, I'll, I'll lay criticism, and I think that they need to learn a lesson. They need to hear the criticism of what they do, and I think the Liberal Democrats are, are the biggest ones out of it. Uh, getting in, you know, supporting the UN bill. Uh, that they had that just legitimizes all the detention that the Andrews regime has done because they've supported this bill and said, "Yep, we'll get an independent body out to come and investigate to inspect." They've just leg- legitimized it. No, they should have just opposed it. Yes, they would have been standing. There would have been four of them that opposed it because I think it was um, if the two Liberal Democrats had opposed it because I think the only ones who opposed it were. Uh, Bernie Finn and Catherine Cummings, um, everyone else in in the whole upper house supported it, and that's just as far as I'm concerned, that's disgraceful. Um, so, yeah, it's. I, I think that the big broom needs to be taken to Spring Street. Everyone needs to be swept out, um, career politicians out, and the, the electorate needs to wake up. And stop voting for the you know because oh this person's from the party they they're going to do right well no they're always going to vote for the party first and then you know what you as part of the electorate want is going to come maybe third or maybe fourth um so you know I, I learned a phrase 
uh, listening to what was it? I can't remember what podcast it was, but they had Tulsi Gabbard on it today um, because she's uh, made a big public announcement that she's resigning from the Democratic Party, and her one of the the things that she was told or that she said was that they were always told to vote blue no matter who. So that is regardless of who's running in the seat, you know, because over in the the US, the blue is the Democrats and I think the red is the Republicans, uh, whereas out here the red's the Labor Party and blue's the, the Liberal National. So, you know, it, it's that, you know, vote blue no matter who and that's what people have got to get out of their head just because, you, you know, you, you need to vote for the person who is going to rep you, represent you the best and, you know, put personalities and put party politics and, and the party side and all that sort of stuff. And this is something that I think, you know, everyone needs to learn and everyone needs to understand, not just those who are part of, uh, you know, what is loosely called the freedom movement, which is no longer the freedom movement uh, because what freedoms are they talking about? They're not, you know, how many have turned around and said, hey, you know, we're going to pass a bill and our thing is to make sure that this never happens again. No one's talking about it. Liberal Democrats certainly aren't talking about it. Um, Jonas's Freedom Party isn't talking about it. Yes, they have, you know, little a policy about this, but, you know, what? You know, make it a big issue saying this is what we're going to do and, and then make it where if we ever have... Uh, candidate debates and all that sort of stuff, that's a question that gets asked. Will you repeal the pandemic bill? Will you change the, the Public Health and Wellbeing Act to make sure that this stuff never happens again? Will you decentralise the powers of the Victoria Police? Will you break up the, you know, the, the things that Victoria Police can do? Will you turn them into a solely law enforcement organisation rather than a, an interpreter of le legislation to pass, um, you know, for licensing and, and permits and everything like that. Will you do that? And, you know, this isn't going to be about, oh, you know, we've got to be tough on crime. Well, really, let's change the situation so the crime goes. Let's get more people involved in the community so they care about the community. So the, you know, they become their own neighbourhood watch and then they become the biggest deterrent to people committing property offences in that area. Um, and, and same as, um, you know, crimes against the person. The, the, the more that the people value their community, the more that it, the harder it's going to be for these people to turn around and, you know, commit, you know, crimes against people and things like that. What are they going to do? What are they going to do to build the sense of community again? What are they going to do that? No one's talking about that. And, and why not? This is what we need to do and, and this is how the evil is winning because they're, they're breaking up the institutions, they're breaking up the family, they're, they're getting everyone to uh, distrust the public service. Like, you know, honestly, you can't trust the police force anymore um, because, you know, look how politicised they've been. Uh, as I've said in uh, one of the previous episodes, they took the knee to, to BLM whose one of their stated goals was to defund the police. Yet they took a knee to it. And yet the people who were only protesting about the draconian measures, which, you know what, in all honesty, Victoria Police should have opposed, they got freaking rubber bullets out and they got, you know, flashbangs and, and you know, driving around the city in bear cats. I mean, you know, it, it's the thing. They are the enforcement arm of the state. They have the monopoly on violence. Um, and... You know, let, let's just, okay, let's just talk about that one for a minute. 
Um, there's been, you know, reading on Twitter, there was a couple of comments about um, John Riddick's thing in The Spectator talking about the Liberal Democratic Party and um, he was talking about uh, private firearm ownership and all that sort of stuff and, and the people said, oh, you know, you know, it should be the ballot box, not the bullet that changes politicians and changes government. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a revolution and... You know what? Honestly, if it comes to the point where it needs to be done, it needs to be done. Um, our the last two years have shown us that the monarchy really isn't going to be there to protect um, the servants. You know, sorry, the subjects uh, for that one. So you know, we can't rely on the monarchy to protect us. So we have to rely on ourselves. And you know, this comes back down to the other thing: is that oh, you know what? Yep, yeah, the police are there to protect us. Well. And they're not. We've seen from their own data that home invasions and shit like that are sometimes taking an hour to get to. And, you know, it's a thing. So if, if they're not going to protect us when they're supposed to, who is going to protect us? It's only up to us. And the other thing is, as we've seen from the violence that they've committed over the last two years, who's going to protect us from Victoria Police? And, you know... I think that's a, that's a question that genuinely needs to be asked. And, you know, you can't turn around and say, oh, yeah, but IBAC's there and, and um, the uh, is it ethical standards or integrity or, or whatever it's called, their own internal affairs group, they're there. Well, no, they're not because they're only there after the fact. But who's to protect us at that time? Who's to What deterrent is there against Victoria Police carrying on in any way that they want and, and deciding that, you know, the Judge Dredd thing is that they are the law. What deterrent is it? There is none. And to make it clear, I'm not saying that we need to take up arms against the state and, you know, we need to do this, but I'm what I am saying is that there needs to be genuine conversations and there needs to be some sort of deterrent and it could be as simple as removing qualified immunity from the Victoria Police, from the individuals there. So if they do something wrong... They can lose their house, they can lose their super, they can lose everything. So I, I think that that needs to be a genuine discussion that has, is, is had. Um, you know, the, let's say, for example, um, the at one of the protests when they started firing the rubber bullets, let's say, hypothetically, one of those rubber bullets killed someone. What would happen then? It's a thing, You've, you know, one of those sworn officers who has, according to the head of um, the, the police association, is there to protect the community, has fired a potentially lethal round into a crowd of people and it has killed someone. What's going to happen then? Oh, no, they're only doing their duty. Well, no. Um, you know, if, if I go out in the street and I've got a, a blank firing you know, put blanks in, you know, let's say I've got, you know, um, let's say I'll, I'll use the same thing. They used, what you know, a um, uh, AR-15 style semi-automatic weapon. Actually, no. Rubber bullets have their own um, big, big thing. Um, so, you know, let's say I've gone out with, with, I don't know, a shotgun or something and I'll put blanks in it. So theoretically it's just a bang. But then, you know, blanks still have a bit of um, the top, the, the crimping and all that sort of stuff. Let's say that flies off and kills someone. Mate, I get charged with murder. 
not only that, there's also discharge of firearm in populist plays, um, you know, failing to do this and failing to do that. And yet, you know what, um, a police officer points a potentially lethal weapon at someone, kills someone. Oh, no, no, that's just part of their duty. Well, I think we need to remove qualified immunity. And, you know, it's a thing. And I'm I'm not just going to bag Victoria Police out uh, at the moment. Let's talk about, you know, Slugger. Remove his protections and let let's let him face the consequences for the decision that he's made. Uh, there was something that came out today that uh, one of the head honchos of of of, of 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 was it Pfizer turned around and said that they didn't do any checks on the uh, neutralizing ability or something of the jab uh, before it went to market, and this is despite everyone, including Supreme Leader Andrews telling us that if you get the jab, you will be protected from COVID. And yet, you know what, that's obviously a lie because they've come out and said that, no, they didn't do it. You know, they didn't do this test. So they they knew that it wasn't a, a the product wasn't the same as how it was being marketed. So, yeah, it's the thing. Let, let's remove it. Remove you know, qualified immunity from Andrews as well. Let Remove it from all of them. So let's sue them. Sue them and just, you know, because what they've done over the last two and a bit years should never, ever happen again. And we need to repeal the legislation. We need to, and as I've said, forget the Bill of Rights because, you know what, that, you know, that is about the person. Let's put limits on what the government can do. The government can only do this. The government can only do that, not that the you know for the individual. Oh no, the government won't do things that that you know infringe upon this. No, let's restrict the government rather than putting shields up against the individual. Let's put the cage around the government and the powers of the parliament. Let's do that, and yeah, this is what we need to do. So anyway, um, for that, so yeah, there's there's so much going on in here um, that. We, you know, we should be hearing more noise this far out from the election. Uh, what are we, October 12, um, or is it seven weeks out from the election? There should be more noise going on. You know what? Stop mutilating children. Let's do something so these things never happen again. Remove qualified immunity for all these people who have got up. And even um, Jerome Weimar turning around and, and lying and saying that, we have people throwing up, we have children throwing up in school or in the playgrounds. That's how sick they are from the woo flu. Let's call him out on that. Take him off his little um, Commonwealth Games cushy role that he's on. Turn around. No. Let's hold these people accountable for what they've done. Um, I know that's going to conflict with what I've said in the past about, you know, we shouldn't have these trials, but I'm talking about civil here. I'm talking about losing them losing their livelihoods. I'm not talking about them going to prison or anything like that because a criminal one is different. Uh, I don't think that there should be anything like that or even a, um, you know, a royal commission. Let's just, you know, even if we just turn around and say, well, no, you guys have stuffed up over the last two years. We're going to pass bills so you lose everything. Um, let them fight it. Uh, for that one. So, yeah, it's a thing. And I still think Andrews, Guy and Slugger need to be in a, you know, little purpose-built cage. 
made of glass or thick perspex or something in the middle of Fed Square. Let's put them there. Let and then let them be the living memorial, uh, living reminder, not memorial, living reminder of what we should never, ever, ever allow to happen, and what no politician should ever, ever do to the people of Victoria again, um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, anyway. I'll take a breath now and, and get off my soapbox, uh, though I'm about to get onto it again because Herald Sun today, Labor MP responds to cowards who defaced her election billboards with offensive messages. Um, Northcote MP Kat Theophanis has described vandalism of her election billboards as, quote, beyond despicable and, quote, a direct attack on our democracy. First of all, we're not a freaking democracy. How many times do we, you know, do these people need to be told? We are a constitutional monarchy. We may have the illusion of a democratic election to get people elected in, but hey, it's not. I mean, if I live in the seat of Northcote and I get, you know, 500 people to go to, to Cat and say, hey, we think you should oppose this. She's not going to do that. She'll do whatever the Labor Party wants. So there's no democracy there. Anyway, the picture, if you have a look at the picture, um, oh, I will include a link to this in the show notes. Uh, it says vote uh, and it's the, the original post or billboard says vote Labor for real action in Northcote. Now, uh, Labor real action has been taken out and it says vote for uh, in Northcote lockdown queen uh, and it's got um, a, an attempted a, a moustache and beard on her, a big circle across her head that says fascist and, and fascista, cat theophanous, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I can't see anything that that's, that's wrong there or that's a lie. Um, there's another one that gives her a um, one of those little particular moustaches that someone quite a few years ago had and their symbol um, and they've crossed out delivering what matters. They've got lockdowns, crossed out health, um, job losses, uh, and I can't read the thing. Environmental damage, roads are shit. Rail is um, um, Foxtrot uniform, Charlie Kilo, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's the thing. Um, oh my. And disturbingly, this kind of extremism is increasingly infiltrating the political landscape. Parties on both the left and right, which cozy up to this element, put everyone at risk. Um, oh, boy. Um, see, this is the thing. When, when you do what... Aussies have always done. We've always defaced stuff and, and scribbled on things and, and put weird little moustaches and eyes and, you know, glasses and, and all that sort of stuff on people. So, you know, on big posters and things like that. For them to turn around and say, um, they're always going to play victim. So as much as I think that this is amusing, uh, it needs – I mean, it's not something you can condone for a start um, – and it's 
you know, it, it's one of those things is that um, they're always going to play victim and the more, you, the more opportunity we give them to play victim is that the more positive publicity that they're going to get and yet, you know, not, nowhere in this article did they mention that this person has supported the Andrews regime, draconian measures to lock down the state and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, extremism. When has graffiti been extremism? Um, this is how you know how weak their position is. So you know, okay. Now let's say okay. So someone put graffiti in a poster um, is extremism. Yet her party, with her approval, passing laws to send armed thugs into people's homes and to stop protests isn't extremism when, let's make it clear that Lisa Neville, when she was police minister, came out and said that what they're doing, that what they were bringing in was about behaviour modification because they wanted people to to modify their behaviour, to put the face diapers on, to stay home, to stay, you know, um, 1.5 metres apart and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's a thing. Um, you know what, to these cowards, let me say, you do not frighten us. You will not deter us. You will only steal our resolve to fight for Northcote and the future of our community. Um, oh, it, it, sorry, man. I, I've, I've got to wrap my head up because I think my head's just going to explode. Um, and dare I say, shame on um, Harold's son for actually giving this crap airtime. Uh, it. It shouldn't be there um, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, oh, well. Uh, what else is there? Uh, Liberal Party. Uh, Liberal parties. I think they're in a civil war or they're going to implode or something's going on, um, which is going to leave a big vacuum and I'm con- I have concerns about... Uh, what's going to fill that vacuum because we know nature abhors a vacuum uh, for that one. So, yeah, it's it's just something that we need to... we need to think about. And sorry, I'm, I'm looking at another article in the Herald Sun. Crazy and confusing and head-spinning decisions of the COVID response. One of the photos there is... Grandkids had to visit their grandparents through glass at the front door. Now, that should be something. Just that picture alone should be there and with across it, never again. Um, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it's the thing, um, you know, it, it's hard to say, you know, how to look at this stuff and, and remain calm about how incompetent the opposition has been, even, you know, yes, they don't have the numbers in either house to, you know, to bring about change or anything like that. But they, for the last two years, they could have been bringing a motion every single day 
and just making it, you know, a motion in Parliament for this. Yes, they will get knocked down, but it's the thing is that they're there doing something and it's going to be on the government record. It's going to be on Hansard for however long and, you know, that's the official government record, which, yes, I know they do change it and they, you know, have changed things in the past, but at least it's there is that they did what they could. They opposed it. They brought parliamentary motions. They did this. Get out in, in, in you know, Parliament and, yes, I know that the government, the regime has restricted question time where you can only ask constituency questions and all that sort of stuff, but there has to be a way that they can get in there and just turn around and say what you're doing is wrong. Yet they've done nothing. Uh, so I don't think anyone from the Liberal Party or the Labor Party or the National Party deserves to, or not cert, not deserves, is entitled to keep their seats. I think they've failed all of us um, and and all that sort of stuff. So um, this thing has, this article, once I get off my soapbox again, uh, do, 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 30, no. Holy smoke. Uh, there is 77 uh, points uh, and a lot of them should be used, used as photos to say never again. Um, BLM, massive protest in July, uh, June 2020, nothing happened. Um, Zoe, Zoe Bueller being arrested in pyjamas at home for postings, for sharing something on Facebook. And, you know, I'd love to see the officers involved turned around and say, yep, they're, they're no longer with the service and let's name and shame them because they went and did it. Um, uh, <laughs> Victoria's Deputy Chief Health Officer at the time posting a tweet comparing... COVID's arrival to that of Captain Cook in 1770. Uh, actually, I don't remember that one. Um, there is skate parks being filled in, the army being on their streets. They should never, ever be on our streets again. And, and this is the thing, no. Um yeah, don't want to ever see them on our streets and that the regime needs to be held accountable for that. Um, what else is there? Jenny Makakos. Um, locking down 3,000 residents and public housing towns fleeing to North Melbourne without warning at 4pm on 4th of July. Um The port teams going through um, Queen Victoria Market. <laughs> Freaking disgusting. Um, what else is there? You have a look through it. I mean, the curfew, checking in with QR codes. Um, testing centres. And it's, it, it, it's something that, yeah, we... we Need to, th- yeah, this stuff that needs to be done. Um, uh, 
and turn around and say, yep, let's make this clear, never again, any one of these 70-odd things should be put up there. This is what the regime has allowed to happen. We need to make sure this never, ever happens again. Um. So, yeah, Slugger needs to go. Patton needs to go. Um, Wayne Gatt needs to go, the head of the police association. Um, you know, closing playgrounds. Um, you know, and, yeah, it's it's the thing. Anyway, um, I won't get back onto that soapbox. Um, something that I do want to talk about Um that'll probably get me on the soapbox again, is um, our dear illustrious Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. For some reason, he's um, thinking he has more authority than what he does because he's considering a plan to have Australian troops train Ukrainian recruits. Now, the idea of this one is that he's going to send um, Australian soldiers over to, I think they're getting trained in London, uh, the Ukrainian recruits. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, most likely in the UK where other multinational trainers uh, were being based. Now, let's make it clear. The Prime Minister is not the Commander-in-Chief of the Australian Defence Force. That is the Governor-General. For Albanese to turn around and think that he has the power to deploy our troops is a load of crap. He needs to be pulled in he needs to be whacked into line. And the media needs to call him out on it saying... What authority do you have? You're the Prime Minister. You're just a Minister of State. The Governor-General is the one that has the that is the Commander-of-Chief, as per the Constitution. And the Governor-General is the only one that can deploy the troops. Not the Prime Minister, who's just a, an ordinary Minister of State, and he's only there through convention, not Constitution. And we need to make that clear to him and to the incompetent corporate press who just follow whatever it is. And going back to that, I think, we need to turn around and say, no, no more. We will not support the Ukrainian military. We will provide whatever humanitarian aid is needed to the Ukrainian people. We will not give one more cent to the Ukrainian military. If that means that Ukraine falls to Russia, then sadly, so be it. Um, As bad as it's going to sound, it's not our fight. Uh, you know, we're over here, we've got enough of our own problems, we can't be forking money over to a corrupt regime and the Ukrainian, uh, Ukraine, that whole region is corrupt. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, there, there's media reports that the uh, some of the arms and uh, weaponry that is going over there is ending up on the streets of the UK on the black market. So that's the thing, how do we know that whatever, arms and, and ammunition and everything like that isn't going to end up on the street somewhere. Uh, you know, how do we know that that whatever we have, we're not sending any accountants over, we're just giving them blank checks and, and big boxes here, you do with it as you wish. No, I think we need to turn around and say, no, that's enough. And the other thing that we need to be doing is actually engaging in dialogue to get both parties to the table to stop it. And some sort of ceasefire, just a ceasefire to stop where it is, say, hey, let's, we'll stop right here. Um, similar to what's going on in, in Korea, that police action was just a ceasefire. It never ended um, for that. So, you know, there, there needs to be more uh, more things done 
to end the conflict because I have a feeling that along with the um, the US, the, the, the people that are uh, at the top of the food chain in the US, I think that Albanese is pushing us into a war, um, a war that I don't want to be involved in, um, a war that is going to cost Australian lives, uh, whether it is through uh, the uh, increase in inflation, inflation, whether it is the you know the, the the people who will end up getting drafted if it does become a, a major war uh, for that one, and it, it's the thing it, we need to be doing. And I think everyone needs to turn around and and write to their local member and say. What are you doing to put pressure on the Prime Minister to stop, you know, to bring a ceasefire, to bring an end to the hostilities? And, you know, why? Where's this money going? Can you account for wherever that, where every cent goes to? Um, and yet, you know, that's it's not. The, the media should be doing this. They should be turning around saying, hey, all this money that you're sending over, where's it going? How do you know it's going there? How do you know it's not going to end up on the streets of, of some other country? Um, for that one, so so yeah, I, I think that there's a lot that needs to be done um, for that one, and it, it's a thing. Um, I do have concerns about where these um, quote unquote leaders are leading us. Uh, I think I don't believe that it's going to be somewhere that's going to be good because we know uh, just the same as Biden is caught up in in some agenda. And, you know, as, as much as you want to say it's a conspiracy theory and everything like that, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, a world war is, is the best way to bring in the Great Reset. Oh, we've got to change the currency. Oh, we've got to do this. Um, as we've seen with the Optus hack. Oh, no. You know what? Oh, we've got to use, we've got to bring in the digital identity now because, you know, that'll be the trusted identity. You don't need to keep your information there. You just give our, your information to us. We'll keep it safe. Um, so, yeah, it, it's the thing, as, as that saying goes, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, I have a feeling that if they uh, escalate things, uh, whether it's through direct action from Russia or a false flag attack that causes some sort of retaliation, uh, it, it's not leading the the Western world into a good area. Um, I think that, yeah, give whatever humanitarian support we can to the Ukrainian people, turn around it and say, no, the wallet's closed to the Ukrainian government um, and get both parties to the table um, for that. And, I mean, like the reality is um, in the big scheme of things compared to what every other country is doing, Australia's a little drop in the ocean there we've got no chance of it so but at least you know let's just withdraw everything um generally say no we'll give humanitarian aid that's it no more um you know backdoor military assistance no more direct military assistance or anything like that definitely no boots on the ground anywhere or anything related to it um so yeah and you know hopefully we you know get to keep society the way that it is um so yeah um so that's about it for this one sorry folks for leaving it on a bit of a, a bit of a downer on that one but yeah there's just i think there's so much that's going on in this election that we're not talking about and yeah it, it's stuff that, that needs to be talked about um and yeah i i still do have my podcast i've, I've still haven't forgotten about that um 
I was looking at the notes when I was comparing it, so it's probably going to be about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Uh, so I'll probably do that over the weekend and uh, create it. As I said, not sure whether it's going to be one of the regular episodes or a, a, a special um, special standalone episode uh, for that one. But, yeah, it, it's a thing. I'll, I'll lay out all of my plans on, on how we can save the state uh, because – I, I think that as much as every election is an important one, I think that this one is equally important. Um, we need to be aware of the uh, fortification of the elections that will happen, especially with Mulgrave, because if uh, the Labor Party remain in power, yet Supreme Leader Andrews loses his seat, uh, that's going to make his head explode and I think that he will be doing all sorts of underhanded tactics to allow that to happen. Uh, so, yeah, don't yeah, – it, it's the thing is that people need to be aware and, and wake up and educate yourself on um, everything that's going on. Uh, so, But I'll have more about that once the um writs been issued and and the nominations close and all that sort of stuff then we can see who's running or who's going to stand in what particular seat and everything like that so uh yeah so anyway uh that's about it for this one uh thank you for uh bearing with me for this amount of time uh and you know do appreciate it uh and all that sort of stuff so yeah but this is the thing we need to make a couple of issues just pivotal, you know, issues that will be drawn, you know, we'll draw a line in the sand, this is it. You're either with us or you're against us. If you're against us, well, we need to make it clear that you oppose this or you support whatever thing that is making, you know, that we're making the issue um, for that one. So anyway, as I said, there will be show notes to the relevant stuff on that one. So anyway, thank you for listening, as I said, and until the next one, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.